I want to preach this morning on this subject or this title, Peter, Do You Love Me? Through my years as serving as a pastor, there have been many books recommended to me on the subject of leadership. I have found some of those books to be uh, interesting, uh, some fascinating, uh, some manipulating. Uh, I have never read a book on leadership quite like the four Gospels of the New Testament. And I want to say that again. If you're a leader in any way, from being the father of a home to the employer of a business, you need to learn the leadership principles from the life and the lessons of the Lord Jesus. Anytime you find a conversation between Jesus and his disciples, you ought to pay particular attention something that got my attention years ago in Bible reading and studying, Jesus and his disciples would be serving or they would be a part of an event, sometimes a miracle, sometimes a major event where multitudes were gathered. And then Jesus would meet with his disciples separately and he would talk to them about what just happened. And it was, it was obvious that sometimes they missed the entire picture of what Jesus wanted them to see, but he then taught them those principles that helped them for the rest of their lives. Jesus was a leader like no other. Jesus led the multitude. Jesus founded and led the church in his earthly ministry. Uh, he led his disciples and those uh, uh, disciples in turn uh, turned the world upside, upside down with the gospel. Now the disciples were men. And that phrase, and I have quoted often, I'm not exactly sure who said it, but the best of men are men at best. And so these disciples, they were not divine, they were not God incarnate, they were just men, and these men had personal issues to deal with. Uh, these men had temperament issues uh, to deal with. Uh, these men had fleshly issues uh, to deal with. Uh, sometimes Jesus had to deal with jealousies among them. He had to deal with weaknesses among them, a lack of vision, uh, personality conflicts, uh, misunderstandings of the Lord Jesus. And there were times that the disciples had great faith, and there were times they were led by a great fear. And as we're approaching this new school year, I want to preach a message as I've been praying for our teachers and leaders as we prepare to open a new school year here in a couple of weeks in our academy and in our college, I want to give you a principle I believe will help in every classroom. In fact, I believe this principle will help any area of leadership, whether it be business, whether it be the doctor's office or the engineer's office, whatever the leadership role would be in this matter of leadership. Now, our text and context is very important in understanding John chapter 21. So the next five minutes, if uh, you'll give me attention on purpose uh, and understand the foundation of what's going on, uh, then you'll be able to apply the truth of the message uh, to your life. 
Jesus in John chapter 20 has risen from the grave. So think of all the activities that have taken place up to uh, the trials of Christ and then the crucifixion of Christ, uh, uh, the burial of the Lord Jesus. And I imagine the three days of waiting from the time of his burial to the resurrection uh, could have been the longest three days of humanity had you been living in that time and you had trusted Christ as Savior. You knew what he said. You knew what the media reported. I don't think they had CNN, but they had something like it uh, that was reporting that he's dead and he's not coming alive again. And you can imagine how difficult and how long those three days must have been. When we come to John chapter 21, Peter's quit. He doesn't show up for work. He's gone back to his old job. And he has taken not just some people with him, he's taken some of his disciples. I mean, Jesus has risen from the dead and he has been seeing people and revealing himself to them. And uh, Peter, and when we come to John chapter 1, uh, Peter's quit. He's gone back to fishing. And this whole chapter here, it begins with that story uh, of Peter going back to fishing. But Jesus doesn't give up on Peter because he knows the potential that he has. Did you hear what I just said? Jesus the leader does not give up on Peter the follower because Jesus the leader knows that the potential uh, the follower uh, Peter has and it is the desire, uh, it is the personal accepted responsibility of the leader not to give up on Peter because he not only saw what Peter had accomplished in his following with Christ for three and a half years, he saw the potential of what he could do. So they've spent the night fishing. They're in the boat just offshore. They're close enough where they can hear Jesus as he is on the shore. And he asked them this question. Have you any meat? What did you catch last night? Um, we didn't catch anything. We didn't, we didn't catch any fish last night. Take your net and cast it out on the other side of the boat. Now Jesus is Jesus, Peter is the fisherman. Had there in a practical setting been a question asked about fishing, Jesus would have asked Peter, where's the best place? What's the best way to fish? But Jesus tells Peter specifically and tells these disciples, cast your net on the other side. They do. And when they draw the net, there is a multitude of fishes. In fact, there is 153 fish. You say, how do you know? The Bible says so in verse number 11. You're not going to go fishing and not count them, are you? 153. They're so big, they're so heavy that the nets begin to break and they have to call for help so word spreads. Wow, we just got a great, great mess and catch of fish. Jesus is on the shore. He's watching all of this. Now bear in mind, Jesus is risen from the dead. Peter has quit. Jesus goes to Peter and the disciples. Have you caught anything? Have you any meat? We have nothing. And they, and they say, uh, they cast the net out. They catch uh, 153 fish. And then the Bible says in verse 7, it's interesting, Peter's naked. And somebody says, Peter, do you know who that is? That's Jesus. The Bible says, verse number 7, let's just read it, 21-7. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved 
saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. They finally get to the shore. They've been fishing. They've caught no fish, and so they're tired. Now they catch a multitude of fish, 153 to be exact. They're not only tired, they're worn out. And Jesus has a fire built on the shore. And he has fish and bread. I imagine, I imagine that was a welcome sight. I imagine they were glad to see the fish and the bread. Now that's the context. They all ate the fish and they all ate the bread that Jesus had prepared. In verse number 15, so when they had dined. Now what's going on in Peter's mind and heart? I followed Christ for three and a half years. He was crucified and buried and I quit. He told us what to do before he died, but I didn't, I quit. And now this Jesus, who won't give up on me, one of the greatest leadership lessons in this whole story, Jesus loved Peter. And they're sitting there. They're filled with the fish and the bread. Peter, yes, Jesus, do you love me? Yes. Lord, you, you know I love you. Peter, feed my lambs. Peter, yes, yes, Lord. Peter, do you really love me? Yes, Lord. You, you, you know I love you. Peter, feed my sheep. Hey, Peter. Yes, Jesus. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. You know my heart. You know my mind. I can't imagine Peter is not crying. He is a man of tears. Lord, you know that I love you. Peter, feed my sheep. You know what he's saying? Don't quit on me and go back to fishing. Peter, you love me. Feed my sheep. Here's a message statement. Every leader, every godly leader, wants not only to be liked, but wants to be loved. Not because of what the one who loves can do for them, but what the leader can do for the follower. Jesus wanted to be loved by Peter because, not because of what he wanted Peter to do for him. What well, it says here, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Yes, but you understand that what Jesus was doing was saying, Peter, I want you to know, I want you to think about this. You love me as a person. 
We're not just talking about spiritual here. We're talking about practical. We're talking about the practical fact that Jesus came to the shore and he watched them. We know what he would do in the past. He would watch them toiling and rowing. He would watch them fishing. He would watch them doing all that and he would speak to them. This time he says, have you any meat? No. Put down your net on the other side. And after all of that, then, Peter, do you love me? We're talking about just a friendship. We're talking about a practical love. We're talking about the fact that we love an individual, that we care about somebody. We're not talking about a spiritual love. You may say spiritually, I love those children. But he's not talking about a general spiritual love or loving people for spiritual reason. He's talking about personally, Peter... You love me as a person. You love me as an individual. Have you ever wanted or needed something from someone, but you were afraid to ask? Or I'll just say it practically. You didn't know if they liked you or not. And and so you said to a friend, will you ask Abby to make me some of those cinnamon rolls? And you said this, she'll do it for you. She likes you. Have you ever done that before? I know they'll do it for you because they like you. You know what Jesus is saying here? Peter, you ought to serve me because you like me because, Peter, I want to help you. Let let, let me put this down where, let, let let me put this down where in application for all of us. Godly parents desire to be loved by their children, not just to receive their love. We want to help them make it in life. I want my children to like me. I want my children to love me. You know why? I want them to come to me for counsel. I want them to come to me for advice. I don't want them to go down the wrong financial road. I don't want them to go down the wrong road seeking wrong things. I want them to come to me as a parent, not because I just want their love. I want their love so I can help them. He'll do it for you. He likes you. Godly teachers desire to be liked. Godly teachers desire to be loved so their students will listen to them and learn from them. A good employer desires to be liked so their employees will listen to them and learn from them. Godly pastors want to be liked. A godly pastor desires to be loved, not just to receive the love, but so you'll listen to the preaching of the Word of God. I've heard it said, you've heard it said 10,000 times. I, I just love to go over to church over there. I like him. I'm glad. I was talking to Brother Cummins this morning. This is his third or fourth Sunday morning. He said to me this morning when I shook his hand, here's what he said. He usually sits beside Jacob Berry over here. Jacob's gone to his uh, wife's grandfather's funeral. And he said to me, he said, you won me over. You know what he was saying? I like you. I'm glad because that's the 14th person in this church that now likes me. (laughs) Now he's listening to me preach because he likes me. You understand what Jesus is saying? He said, Peter, you love me. 
You ought to feed my sheep. You don't need to go back into fishing. You need to listen to me. Every teacher, every employer. You know, you know how you choose your doctors? By their bedside manner. You know I choose my dentist? Those that will put me to sleep before they fill a tooth. They may say, that's the best dentist in town. I don't care about it. I want to know, does he hurt? That's what I want to know. There are those that are selfish and manipulators. I understand that. But those who follow the example of Christ desire to be a blessing to those who look to them and follow them. I wouldn't give you a dime for a preacher that compromises the message of the word of God to be liked for personal gain. I wouldn't give a dime. I wouldn't give one Eisenhower dime for a compromising preacher. I, I wouldn't give you change for a dime for a compromising preacher. If a man of God doesn't have the guts and doesn't have a love for God to stand and preach that Bible to you and preach the word of God to you gun barrel straight, I wouldn't give you 10 cents for him. A preacher that loves his people will preach the truth of the word of God to the people, but he will preach that truth in, in love. I'm not a drill sergeant this morning. I'm not screaming and yelling at you and telling you, well, I might be a little bit, uh, but I'm not like a drill sergeant to say you have to do. Look, we as leaders, I'm talking about in the home. I'm talking about, I'm talking about in a marriage. I want my, life, my wife to love me because I desire her love. But I also want her to love me because I want to provide for her. I want to, I want to meet her needs. I, I, want, I want to be a godly counselor for her. Let me get to the next part of the message. There's only six parts of this sermon. It is most interesting to read and study the most likable character traits of our society today. Now, if you did a study and, and you look for what are the most likable character traits a person could have, You'll find all, all different kind of lists, but you'll find about 15 or 16 on every single list, and every one of those are in the Bible. Take your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. A godly leader desires to be loved, desires to be liked, not just to be loved, not just to be liked, but a godly leader desires to be loved because we want our followers to heed the biblical counsel or whatever is right, whether it be a workplace, whatever the case may be, the classroom or in the home. We want them to do what's right. Now before I get to Romans chapter 12, I want to give you a list of likable character traits. You know what the first one is on most, on most lists that people like? Somebody who will listen. Several years ago, I was meeting with a, a, a leader, a manager. We were talking about leadership traits, and he said, Preacher, have you taken any speech classes? I said, I have. He said, what, what, what did you take, speech in high school, speech in college, homiletics, homiletics two? He said, how many classes have you taken on listening? I said, what did you say? <laughs> he said, how many classes have you taken on listening? He said, most people don't listen because they don't care. People like folks who will listen to them. 
I don't have time to preach all these. I just want to read some of these. Uh, people who are liked are those who take personal responsibility. They're accountable. A likable trait is uh, somebody that keeps their word. We like folks who treat others with respect. We like those who ask questions rather than just make a judgment. We like folks who laugh. We like folks who don't just care, but they show their care. That's why the word in, in 1 Corinthians 13 is charity. It's not just love. It's a love in action. They remember your name. They offer help. They're not afraid to make mistakes. They express gratitude. They give life to others. They apologize. They forgive. They don't speak for you. They let you speak for yourself. They rejoice with you. Anybody can weep with those that weep. You let somebody else get a new car or a raise in pay and tell you and see if you can rejoice with them as easy as you can weep with them when they lost their job. Are you listening to me? We like those that do not manipulate or use one person against another person. Now let's look at Romans chapter 12. Look at verse number 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another. With brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Instant. Continuing instant in prayer. This will, this will fix a marriage right here. This will, this will solve a godly uh, a relationship problems. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation. Book number verse 13, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Look at me as I finish. All of us in leadership, whether it be a godly relationship, whether it be a classroom, whether it be a church, whether it be a marriage, whether it be in our home, listen to me. We want to be liked. You know why? Not just to be a recipient of love. The leader wants what's best for the follower. The teacher knows what the student needs to learn. I'm not talking about being liked because or, or, or in an attempt to compromise. I'm just talking about being a decent, kind, nice person. You know, we can forgive a lot of mistakes of folks who are kind, can't we? 
What's the result of this story in John chapter 21? Peter? Peter's wiping his mouth. He just finished his last piece of fish and bread. Boy, was he hungry. He'd fished all day and didn't catch anything. Shift was overnight. Caught a day's worth of fish in a few minutes. He's worn out. He just ate the last piece of bread, maybe last piece of fish. Hey, Peter? Yes, Jesus. Peter, do you love me? <laughs> well, sure I do. You, you know I love you, Jesus. Feed my lambs. Sure. Hey, Peter. Yes, yes, Jesus. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I just said I did. Aren't you glad for the love the Lord Jesus had in someone who had potential and he didn't just throw him away? There are going to be times in class this year that a, you're going to think a student, you want to, you'll want to give up on a student. Here's a good life lesson, leadership lesson that will help you maybe salvage the life because the classroom's not about the teacher, it's about the student. Hey, preacher, it's not about you. It's about us serving God together. Let, let, let's not throw somebody away because they get sideways or because they have a problem they can't help. Let, let's not just throw people away. Here's old Peter. He's out. My goodness, the guy's naked. The guy's gone wild. Jumps in the water. A few minutes later, he's sitting beside Jesus. You know what Peter does? He died for Christ. He died a martyr's death because Jesus said, I'm not giving up on him. Stand with me if you will. Aren't you glad that the Lord Jesus loved you? And there was a time that some may have said of you, you can give up on that old sinner because he's too far gone. And Jesus said, no, wait a minute. Let me talk to him one more time. I'm thankful for the love of Christ. May God help us to desire to be loved, to desire to be liked, not for the sake of what we receive, but for the sake of what we can give. Heavenly Father,